righty. We are live. There you go. Okay. Shit up. Shit up. It's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Uh, I'm Lawson White from Banning Scallion Barbecue. And today I have, I hope I get your last, right, not her last name right, Tony. Tony A. Is it Tony Gil Ahan or Gil Ahan? Gil Ahan. Hand. Yeah, I had a, had a feeling. I um, spoke to Raf last week about you coming on, and uh, I was like, the last name is it Gil Ahan or Gil Ahan? So um, I'm glad you you cleared that up nice and early. <laughs> How are you, mate? How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, man. How are you? Very good, very good. Um, I was just telling you about uh, I'm sitting in a nice hot room. Um, it's in Brisbane. Uh, the cloud cover is, is high. The storms are all around, and it's I'm sitting in the room sweating my nuts off. So um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good little interview. Can't wait. <laughs> yep, sauna, so, mate, sauna. Yeah, sauna. I need it. I need it. Get the pause <laughs> Um, So for people who don't know Tony, Tony is a, a long-time YouTuber. Um, Tony's been doing it for 10-plus years. We're, we're trying, to, trying to work that out uh, just then. He's been doing it for quite a long time. Hunting, fishing, um, to me – if I look for deer uh, footage, I always go to you. Uh, I, I love watching your stuff for, for years and years. It's It's been awesome to watch. Um, from Samba to Chittle to Fellow, um, I just love watching all your stuff, mate. So uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. So, mate, first question, how did you get started and what, what got you into hunting? Uh, well, growing up, I sort of grew up all around a lot of farms like near my mum and dad's uh, they they ran a few sheep so we're always sort of brother and i were always like doing rabbit shooting and stuff and that sort of progressed into shooting foxes so yeah. we'd go out like, we'd we'd be out nearly every night looking for foxes with a spotlight the old 240 blitz and i had a 220 swift yeah we just basically were relentless on the foxes and that that aided a lot of uh, relationships with farmers and getting onto their properties. And through fox shooting, basically gained us. Well, it was like a stepping stone into getting into the deer side of things. So I never really chased deer much until I was about 18. Okay. And so between about 16 and 18, I was more into photography. I was going out and like photographing Samba. Oh, and, nice. and then it, I think it was around 18 or 19, I was just like, stuff this i keep going out and taking photos of these deer like i may as well go out and shoot them and start eating them sort of thing i was sort of sick of buying meat from the supermarket and stuff like that so so yeah i I, uh went out one of the properties i used to shoot foxes on and i think it was like my first hunt i shot this little samba stag Uh, yeah i was 18 or 19 at the time and yeah then it just like addiction kicked in (laughs) and it's been nearly every weekend since then (laughs) It's a, it's a great addiction to have, mate. So, um, so mate, whereabouts are you? Don't tell You don't have to tell us where you live exactly, but um, you know, you're, you're in Victoria, I'm guessing. Yeah, East Gippsland, Victoria. East Gippsland. Yeah, I live live very sort of central to the beach and the bush. So, so very good. Would you, would you prefer fishing or hunting? Which which is your go to? Uh, definitely hunting. But yeah. since uh, since finding land based sort of shark fishing, and that I've been getting right into that tagging sharks and stuff. I've been getting stuck into that a little bit. So it's a, a nice little change of scenery from hunting every weekend. So especially on the warm weekends where there's a nice low swell and I can paddle baits out, that's a <laughs> definitely a nice change. 
Yeah, I um, I saw uh, you had a little accent recently. Well, not recently, it was a, a while <laughs> back, but I, I chose not to put it in um, in our little clips. I, I did actually download it, but I was like, ah, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube you might not like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to play. But you had a uh, basically a hook through your hand, mate. What happened? Yeah, so I went to send a bait out and one of my mates that was with us, like he's a lot younger than me, and he even said to me, he's like, oh, should we clip this hook in real quick? And I'm like, nah, man, like, the swell's fine. I'll just send it. And, yeah, famous last words. I jumped in the yak and went to start my paddle and this wave just kicked up and oh. the I hadn't really organised the trace and the trace was just dangling around. I got my arm tangled up in it. And then as the swell was dragging the kayak back to shore, the uh, – yeah, trace tightened up around my hand and I was trying to unwrap it, grab the trace, but hit the hook and, yeah, hook went through the hand. It went, so, it went through, didn't it? Like it? Yeah, and like, I had bolt cutters in that there, like in my shark kit in case I needed to cut a trace or anything and we were trying to cut this hook out, couldn't do it. We were trying to pull the hook out. Just wasn't working. Uh, so we fished for a few more hours and then I started getting a few calls from a couple of other boys that it had had hooks in there wrists and hands and that before and they sort of said that the uh ocean water isn't real sanitary so they advised that i get to the get to the hospital asap you didn't go to hospital straight away you just you waited no i was just sort of thinking oh salt water should be right it's probably good for it but yeah as they said there's even bacteria in the ocean it's not just like standard salt water so yeah went to the hospital and yeah she was she was a long night on the drip and they cut through me hand. They didn't actually cut the hook. They they brought out like these little side cutters and shit. And I'm like, that's not going to cut the hook. <laughs> so they just cut through the hand and pulled it out. That's brutal. How do, for, for anyone who's watching, how do we see that stuff? Um, uh, that there is a video on YouTube of it. Um, I didn't is. actually, unfortunately, didn't have the GoPro going when it happened. But yeah, there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of footage there when I was in the hospital and that. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I I think I remember an Instagram I think it was um, when you, I saw that and I was like oh that's, that that looks painful it's a serious it's a serious hook to start with what was that uh, twenty o or twelve o no I think that was, think that was one of the smaller sixteen o eagle claws I think but I'm lucky it wasn't the, one of the big demon circles or something because they're they're like twice the thickness so that wouldn't have been real fun but. It ended up working out all good, man, because I got like five weeks off work, paid sick leave. So I just lapped it up. I was hunting and fishing every night, every every weekend, like just every day I was out in the boat with me mates and then, yeah, I was hunting in the hills. It was, I think I spent like over the five weeks off, I spent like 30 nights in the swag. So That's not bad. So it sounds like a little holiday. Yeah, it was a good holiday. <laughs> oh, that's the go. Um, okay, so you basically answered the next question was yeah, um, you know sharks and all that. So so you you, you what are you sandbar hunting and then you're also shark fishing or is it just you know you're doing just shark fishing or whiting or snapper? What what are you chase fishing wise? Uh, at the moment, it's mainly like just land based shark fishing. Like locally here, I don't really like I throw a few lures and catch some salmon and stuff, but. Yeah, the main target sort of, yeah, since starting to catch bigger fish, it's, I don't know, that's just where my excitement is at the moment. It's like real hard for me to go back to those smaller fish. But <laughs> I do I do go up the coast, like up New South Wales a little bit, and, um, do a bit of fishing off the wharf and that around Marimbula, Tarthra, 
and there then i got a, a good mate and we get out in the boat a bit chasing tuna and stuff like that so we've caught a few tuna and uh caught a mako while we we're out sword fishing last time so yeah, nice. the big who when you say tuna you're talking about the the big barrel looking ones the... yeah we've been chasing barrels but uh we um haven't got a barrel yet he hooked into a barrel uh, a couple of months ago and it got stuck in a cray pot um, oh. I wasn't out on the, I, I was actually out hunting that weekend, but yeah, you're sending me these very depressing Snapchats, like <laughs> trying to get it untangled. It, yeah, felt very wow. bad for him. But yeah, we've done done lots of trips in the boat, and I get very seasick. But I just call it character building. <laughs> just, just sucker for punishment, man. I just keep going. <laughs> I, lo- I love the outlook on it. It's uh, yeah. Character building is the perfect, perfect way for it. Oh, mate, I love it. Yeah, that's what I tell. If if I got any mates that come hunting with me and I'm dragging them up a steep hill, that's what I tell them. It's just character building. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my old boy would just tell me to harden up and take a take a tablet of concrete and stop winding. Yeah. <laughs> so, mate, um, how well, you've answered it a little bit? Well, 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 I'll keep going down my list and um, I'll, I'll make sure I tick off the list because I'll, I'll get behind. Um, what? How did? What's the passion? What do you do it for the food, or do you do it just because you love getting outdoors? But what's the passion behind the the hunting, and then also the YouTube? Yeah, what, what's the? You got you got two things here, and you, you're very good at both of them. What's the passion driving that? Uh, well, I think it's mainly just the escape. Like yeah. uh, in my in my works, I'm in charge of like twelve people on a standard day, and. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good in that sort of team environment, but even growing up, I was also, like, really into skateboarding and sort of – I wasn't really, like, a team player. I liked doing my own thing. So the fact that my job's very team-orientated, I love getting away and just doing something by myself, it's like my own escape, and there's just no better, no better thing than that than hunting. And even, like – in saying that, like, I love going out solo hunting a lot, but, you know, I've met a lot of really good people along the way with hunting and had some really great trips and memorable moments with mates, like, where, like, there was a hunt I did this year where a mate and I had passed up this stag and then I took another mate out and he ended up shooting it. And, I, like, I was so stoked for him because he was over the moon about it and it just meant, meant so much more him getting that deer than if I'd sort of shot it myself. Yeah. So just and just making memories, like really, that's yeah. What about about the YouTube? How did how did that um, you know, how did that passion start and you know that drive? Because it's a um, from from my experience, it's bloody hard to do a video. Hunt a video. If you got someone with you, making sure they don't they don't stuff it up, and then making sure you got the camera ready when that something walks out. It's it's a um, it's yeah. A I've, I've, uh, I've let a lot of deer go because of the camera. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but oh. it, it mainly started from like yeah, growing up with my brother. Like we sort of started. We had paddock bonds and shit. And we were we'd set up these real ghetto phone like camera mounts. We didn't have phone cameras back then, and we'd like video that. And then we started video and fox whistling and, and bits of rabbit shooting and stuff like that. Then when I started getting into the deer hunting. Um, at the start, like I said, I was just more into photography side of things. And then after I'd shot a few Samba and I had access to some pretty good properties where I was, you know, 
seeing a lot of deer and was starting to work out where they were moving and where their feeding grounds were. And I just sort of started thinking, I, I should be videoing this. Like I, especially like at that time, there wasn't much, there really wasn't much on YouTube on Samba. Like there was hardly any sort of good footage. And I just felt like that maybe that was something I could start doing and make, make another challenge for myself. So I started lugging a tripod round with, <laughs> yeah, with a pretty dodgy quality camera, but yeah, it's starting to get some. Well, back then, I thought it was really good footage, but um, it just sort of progressed from there. And like pretty much every time I go hunting now, it's just it's, I've always got my tripod and camera with me, sort of thing. So I'm just so used to it. What what kind of camera do you use, mate? Uh, now I'm using an RX10 Mark IV, just a Sony bridge camera. Yeah, yeah. which. Yeah, I've like I've done that much research on cameras, and I, I've run a few different types of cameras over the years, and that to me is just the best all round sort of do it all camera at the moment. And I'm really hoping they release a Mark V soon. You'll have to send me a, a link on it because um, I've done my research, and uh, my my partner's currently going through a, a camera course or a photography course, and yeah, I had I had an A7, and I was ready to just chuck it out. Um, hated it, and then she's come along. She's done, th- and I, I have I have watched v- hundreds of videos. I have sat there. I've done a little bit of Skillshare. I'm, I'm just learning. For me, is 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 not a you know it's not an easy thing. But if it's a passion yeah. of like hunting, I'll read and fishing. I'll read all day long, and I'm I'm all good. But for cameras, it was never a passion for me, and. I really struggled. So, like, I bought GoPro, I bought the A7. I finally got a, got a, a proper video camera for, for filming. Um, yep. And she's just come along and gone, oh, you just press this button, and all of a sudden the lights just change, and it you know, it looks ten times better. And I've gone, sake, you know, like, I I got the shits because, like, I did a – I haven't put it out yet, but I did a, a little butchering segment for my cooking show, and um, it just looks – 10 times better. And I was just like, what was I doing wrong with this thing? Um, so <laughs> I just said from now on, she's doing all the videoing. So um, she, She's running the camera. Well, that's perfect because it's way uh, easier if you do it yourself. Put her in the paddock, mate. She wouldn't last five minutes. It's any problem. Um, <laughs> you give her a hill and she'll, she'll start crying. So we'll, oh, I, she'll have to show me, then I'll, I'll have to go and do it. So um, that's all right. It's not, not a big deal. So um, That's all right. I hope she's a good teacher. <laughs> I hope so too. She'll have to be pretty patient. So um, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, so mate, you you hunt a range of things. What's your favourite species or animal to hunt? Uh, Samba by far, absolutely. Just yeah, they've got a very big spot in my heart. Like a lot of the properties I hunt have fallow and samba on them, and I can be watching a mob of fallow, and then if I see a samba, I'm just like everything just changes. Like complete excitement sort of thing so <laughs> I, yeah, don't blame definitely. I don't blame you one bit look at the size of that thing that's just like that's t-rex coming down the bloody mountain at you that's ridiculous yeah i, I actually i owe that stag to my brother too yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he glassed that one up oh, well. I, i'd seen that stag a couple of weeks earlier and yeah we went back in there and yeah he ends up i'd seen this hind and calf and sort of said let's keep an eye on it and then yeah he glassed out that stag, and I was like, "Well, it's my spot. I'm shooting." It. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a it's a it's a beast, man. Well done. Um, 
Yeah, I bet you were making some jerky there for a few weeks. So. Yeah, oh, man, it's never-ending meat supply here. Like, I've got multiple freezers that are just constantly full. And, and Remdog, she has a, a very good supply of deer legs as well. Talking about Remdog, uh, I'll, um, I'll get her on the screen. Um, so tell us a bit about Rem the dog because um, there she is. Uh, how old? Uh, because uh, I, I, I have to admit, the first time I saw her, um, I knew instantly she was a superstar. Um, <laughs> oh, I more people know her than me, man, for sure. Because <laughs> she was leading you around, from what I could see, she, she putting you, she was putting you on the deer. So tell us a bit well, about that's, that's that. That stag in the photo was hundred percent her. I would never even known it was there, but yeah, she just wind centered me in a couple hundred meters. That was on a backpack hunt, and yeah, I just noticed her nose start getting up in the air. And a couple hundred meters later, she's on this little bit of a bench, just looking down, and. I'm like standing there. It's like two or three in the Arvo, and I'm like, where the where the hell is this deer looking around? And then yeah, I've seen a bit of its antler. It was like 20 meters below me. And luckily on that hunt, I actually videoed her went wind scenting in, which was really cool. So yes, yeah, a very good video of that on YouTube. If anyone wants to go watch that, definitely will. Um, so but yeah, she yeah. Tell us a bit about Ram. What is she? Um, and she. Sorry, what was that, man? Just um, yeah, if you could tell us the age of her and um, yeah, what breed is is Rem and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so she's nearly seven, and she's a German wirehead pointer. So purebred, pure mate. Pardon? Is she purebred? Yeah, purebred, but she gets mistaken for like poodle crosses all the time, which is like disheartening. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, mate. <laughs> I mean, there's probably some cool, there's some cool poodles out there, but still. <laughs> if she's pulling off fines and you're shooting stags like that, you can call whatever you want. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I saw. I've taken her hunting the second I got her. I got her at like seven or eight weeks old, and yeah, one of my best mates he bred her, and yeah, since getting her, it's just been pretty much every weekend hunting with her, and yeah, yeah she. Probably after the first year, like year or two, then she really started clicking. She was really starting to get it worked out, what we were doing and why we were doing it sort of thing. And now if, like, I can pretty much go in any patch of bush and just chuck her in front of me and, yeah, try and let her work the wind a bit and she'll find me a deer. I was about to say, is it um, is it instinct or you do are you training that into her or...? I did a little bit of wind scent training, but probably not as much. Like I get a lot of people message me and stuff asking about training dogs and that now. And I used to do a fair bit of blood trailing. I don't really, yeah, I don't advise that anymore. I put more emphasis on the actual, you know, getting a deer hock or a leg or a bit of skin or whatever, throwing it in a tree and then working the wind with your pup in front of you. Yeah. And basically then rewarding it when it goes on point or finds that you know, item of deer that you've put in the tree or somewhere in an elevated position so they're not ground scenting. Yeah, okay. So they look at you, they're, yeah, okay. Because the, blo- the blood trailing is just easy for them. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't even really need to. I did teach Rem a bit of it and it might have helped a little bit, but I think for the most part she would have already had that nailed anyway. It's just like, yeah, yeah. they just, they just want to please you. So once you're sort of yeah. encouraging them to do something, they're going to try and do that to the best of their abilities. Yeah, 
I don't know if you can read that down the bottom, mate, but um, Raf from last week from uh, Duck and Quail Hunting Australia has sent in a message. Hey, Tony. Um, have you seen uh, – he's probably saying, have you ever has, Have you ever seen Rem – oh, God, I can't even read it. It's too small. Yeah, Hi, Tony. I can read I've it. Seen you. <laughs> God, I feel like I'm dyslexic. Um, did you get Rem Dog out the ducks before? Uh, have you ever had her out on the ducks and quail? Sorry, Raph, yeah, so... I can't even read today. You put more questions. <laughs> Sorry, um, Tony. Yeah. You're right, man. So she's done a little bit of duck shooting, um, especially my brother. He's mad keen duck shooter. So once duck opening happens, he gets out a fair bit, and he does take ram, especially on the private properties we've got access to. He takes her out more so out to the on the dam hops. So she'll go out and fetch the ducks on the dam. Out in the swamp, not so much because he's more in a hide than that. And yeah, I don't think he would like swimming her out into the hides, but. Yeah, she has done a fair bit of dam hopping and stuff on the ducks and is very good at it. Uh, she's got a pretty soft mouth. On the quail, she loves finding quail, but I've never done any quail shooting at all. So no. it's just not something I've really pursued or got into. I'm not really a, a wing shooter, but I think my brother wants to try and get stuck into the quail next season. And, yeah, Rem will be at the forefront of that. So, so there, um, there might, be, might be a YouTube video on quail. Coming up, yeah. who knows? <laughs> I'll talk to Raf. He'll uh, he'll help you out there. He's got a, a, a GSP and um, looks alright too. So maybe you yeah. can he'll hook each other up and help each other out. So um, and all, all us Queensland hunters can sit here and watch YouTube and um, watch you guys shoot all the birds. So <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to get up there, but uh, probably won't happen next year. Um, sadly, because. Um, Hopefully heading to New Zealand. Uh, well, I am heading to New Zealand, um, trying to shoot a, a red over there. So um, Awesome. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully. There you go. Hopefully. Have to get you out next season. Hopefully you guys can sort it. <laughs> yeah, um, sounds so, good. <laughs> so, Samba, you, 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 Samba's your, your favourite, but what other deer do you, like? Are you hunting private property majority or can do you do a bit of state forest as well or? And, um, I do do a little bit of state forest, and I used to, I used to try and get up into the high country regularly. But parks have been just smashing the deer. Yeah. So like when helicopter, helicopter culls okay. yeah, have, yeah, definitely throwing a bit of a spanner in the works there, which is just it's not, not real motivating to to get out i did do a backpack hunt with one of my best mates not that long ago and we did see quite a few deer i think it was in a spot where they weren't really doing any culling um, we did see quite a few stags but just long distance shots and all the regrowth since the fires made things real difficult for shooting lanes and things like that and the weather wasn't that great so yeah still do a little bit of public land but most of it is private now yeah okay nice nice um so, okay, we've just answered that one pretty easily. You, you don't do much quail. Um, what kind of guns are you running? So for me, as a, I've never hunted Samba, um, I'd love to one day. What would I be bringing to, uh, to shoot a Samba? Uh, in Victoria, you've got like a legal caliber limit of 270. Yeah. So it has to be 270 or bigger. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, there's... Lots of people hunting them with 308s, 306s. 300 wind mags probably the most common. Yeah. Uh, I've got a real soft spot for me, 7mm rem mag and 300 PRC. 
they're, okay. they're my two deer guns and I've had great success with them, like close range and long range. Just yeah. absolutely love them. Uh, we've also got, got a 3 rate lap here that see a little bit of use. But, yeah, yeah re- realistically, like, yeah, like 270 being the minimum limit, anything 270 and bigger is fine. Uh, yeah. I, I, I put a lot of it down to bullet construction and placement. Yeah. And the distances you're shooting and sort of adapting the bullet construction to the distances you want to shoot. Okay. Well, there you go. It's a, it's a bit of a science to it. And, um, you know, it's oh, it's mainly for penetration. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're going to run a hard pill, don't shoot long range with it, like a Barnes projectile. Yeah, you're sort of limiting to 200 metres, in my opinion, and experience. Past 200 metres, they just pinhole. Once you get past that sort of range, I like a softer pill, like an ELDM, something like that, ELDX. Okay. Okay. So it's it's like what we spoke about before. Guns are um, still, you know, it's still a new thing for me in a way. So I'm not saying new, but I'm, I don't go and technically read into it. I've always been a dog man myself. Um, so I've always yeah. been more in the dogs and, and guns are, Still technically new for me, in a way. Um, you know, I've yeah. I've shot it since I was a kid, but insane. And when you start talking, you know, projectiles and all that kind of stuff, primers and grains, and it's like, oh, it's, um, <laughs> I end up calling um, Gary from from the firearms shop, Rounds Plains, and I say, Gary, I need help. Talk to me, uh, <laughs> and he, and he normally helps me out, or I, I give my godfather a call because, um, you know, I just say, what does this mean? Because They'll tell me straight away. So, um, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm probably, I mean, I'm slightly overcomplicating it a bit for you, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you can just grab any box of bullets for a 270 and or 306 and go out and do it. But it's, it's, yeah, if you're starting to shoot extended ranges and things like that, that's where I think you need to be a little bit more critical on what you use and how you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, I know my, my 308, I shoot 165 grain and, um, I personally don't take a shot over 200 meters because personally I probably can't see it. So um, yeah, <laughs> probably safer for me just to keep it nice and close. So um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> if it works, then stick yeah. with it. No, I showed my uncle the. Um, I got the zero tech scope, the 56 mil, and he he said to me, "Jesus Christ, look at the size of that thing." And I said, "Yeah, well, I'm blind, so it does help." Um, <laughs> Let's more light in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps. I um, I was sighting my rifle the other day at uh, just probably oh, just on dark, and I was I was really glad that the zero tech um, draws that extra light in because um, I left it too late. I did get there quite late, so I was a bit worried that I wouldn't be able to see the target. But um, still she worked, worked out well. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> it's all good. Um. You've spoken about it anyway. Um, did you train REM from an like early, early age by sense or anything like that? Or did you – is it just like – you spoke a bit about it before, but with REM, how, how long did it take and how often are you taking her out? Uh, at least two days a week. Oh, really? Much. Yeah. Wow, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, minimum. Sometimes three days. Yeah, but generally at least two days a week I'm out in the bush somewhere. If I'm not out in the bush, I'm like on the beach or something. But yeah, yeah. For, for hunting purposes, yeah, normally one or two days a week. And as a pup, that was 
pretty relentless like, every weekend. I was getting her out there just to get her used to it. Um, they weren't real big hunts because she was so little and young, but I just sort of wanted to shoot deer over her, get her used to the gunshots. Um, I grew up around working dogs a lot, and like a lot of people sort of said, oh, don't take your young dog out, you'll ruin them, and yada, yada. But growing up around working dogs, it just didn't make sense to me, that advice, because no farmer buys a Kelpie or a Border Collie and doesn't take it out sheep working for like a year or whatever. Like the, that's just not how it happens, so... Yeah, so I just got her and took her out the field. And, yeah, she, like I said, she learned pretty quick what we were doing and why we were doing it and what we were after. And once she had that worked out, I uh, I did a little bit of long line training with so not, she wouldn't chase wallabies and shit like that. Yeah. And, yeah, probably within a year, she wouldn't even look at a wallaby or a kangaroo or a wombat or anything like that. So yeah. When you say long lining, what do you mean by that? Just for uh, basically just like a long lead. So I just had like a 20, 30 meter section of rope tied to her collar because I wanted her working in front. Um, and luckily, like back then, I was watching a lot of Ultimate Hunting Australia. I don't know whether you've seen him, Daniel Grigsby. He has the English pointers. And a lot of what he was promoting was have your dog out in front, which I'm glad that I'd sort of taken some of that on board because it just made sense to have your dog in front working for you and because of that yeah i needed a bit of long lead training so that was just to sort of steady her and make sure she wasn't chasing anything that i didn't want her to chase but it was difficult because even as a younger dog there was a few times where i'd made bad shots on deer and i'd encourage her to go chase them down sort of thing yeah. so it was like a mini hound hunt so she sort of had to learn when to be steady and when i wanted to be forceful which, yeah. yeah, I mean, ultimately there was a few times where she'd she'd bailed a deer for me and, you know, I'd gone in and finished it off and whatever. And with a standard pointing dog, that just wouldn't have happened. Like, I just wouldn't have had that opportunity. So, yeah, I just I just call her a very versatile dog. Like, she'll bail if I need her to and point if I need her to sort of thing. Yeah. Do you, do you get onto pigs at all, mate, up there? Is that, no. Not really? No. Nah. No, very well. I've, I know of like three pigs sort of shot within an hour of most of the properties I hunt, and that's it. Really, it's bizarre. Yeah, there's they're just not the numbers here. Um, and the some of the government services like Delop and that they have pig programs that are running, and yeah, I don't even think they catch or trap many pigs. Yeah, they're, okay. they're, literally, they're literally employed to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be, be um, not a bad way to have a, a living. Just going catching pigs all day. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Not if you're not catching any though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, even even talking to some of them, like with yeah trail cameras and that that are out around the place, there's very very few. Like even on all my cameras, I've never had a pig on any of my cameras. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Do you, do you have a lot of cameras out, mate? If if you don't mind me asking. I've got. Four out at the moment. Um, I used to have a few more, but a couple have been stolen over the years, which is oh. great. <laughs> Not on private, they were, st- they were stolen on public land, but yeah. Oh, fair enough. All right, we'll go for <laughs> a quick ad break and um, we'll get this to hunting athletes and professional hunters. And you want the right camo? Check out Safari Supply Co., the most comfortable gear on the market. All right, man, I've got a 
I've, I've put a couple of questions up for people um, to ask you questions. Yep. I've got, I've got a couple of good ones. I sent, I sent a couple to you. Um, yeah, you've obviously got a, a good bunch of, bunch of mates. Um, so I go, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the proper ones. Uh, my, <laughs> there was a couple there. Um, when are you going to start guiding? Uh, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. It, that's like my um, that's like my retirement job. I I feel like, and I've always yeah. said I'm going to retire at forty. So I've got eleven more years, and then I'll start guiding. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, when we start guiding, um, when are you? St- <laughs> I'll ask this one because I, I want to know the backstory behind it. When are you going to start competing for bodybuilding? <laughs> uh, never. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm not going to ask what um, Flynn's Creek Pointers uh, said because I think you already know. But um, it's you've obviously got a good bunch of mates. But uh, do you work out, mate? Because obviously your hills are, are pretty brutal from what I can see. Um, do you go to the gym or is it just just going? Yeah. Up the hill? No, I've got a home gym set up, and I absolutely love it. That's like my. So I finish work. As soon as I finish work, I get out to the gym for an hour or two a day. Nice. And then, nice. then walk the dog and then, yeah, psych myself up for a, a weekend in the hills. Beautiful. So how far would how far would you go on a, on a weekend, like walking-wise? Uh, most, I'd say, like most days are around that six or seven Ks, so nothing too crazy. De- depends on the gully I'm hunting at the time. Um, yeah, it depends on weather and if I can drive into the spots I want to get to. Like I, I said when we first jumped on, like the the weather lately, all the ground's so wet that I can't drive into the normal spots I drive to on the property. So I'm walking into into the back gullies and that. So I'm doing a lot more Ks on foot, which means if I get into a system and it's not there's not the sign or REM's not really giving me much indication that there's you know, much happening. If I need to change plans, normally I'd just drive to another gully, but at the moment I'm having to walk out and get into another gully sort of thing. So it's just a lot less sort of productive. Yeah. But hopefully hopefully all that wet weather dries out soon and I can start driving around a bit more. Yeah. No, it's um it's pretty brutal when you start chucking cameras and, you know, dog stuff and packs extra packs, you know, in your pack. Um, and start walking five six k. I, I did ten k's on the weekend, and my neck and back are still trying to um, straighten themselves out. It's just a bit, <laughs> bit, uh, bit ugly. So um, no, but mate, give, we'll, we'll go through your um, some of these pictures. Tell us the the backstory. Um, where are we? Tell us the backstory about this big fox. Um, you spoke about it before, but he looks like a monster. What you, you, you said? Your brother spotted him. Um, yeah, so I there was like it's a spot I'd been hunting for a long time, and I took my brother in there. Oh, this was a few weeks prior to me getting him, and I'd seen this stag just down below us, and just in like late stages of velvet, looked like he'd sort of started rubbing, and I just saw a heap of mass, and then we were trying to contour around this ridge and get eyes down on him. It couldn't couldn't get up back on him again. It got dark, so I wanted to go back and hit that spot again. 
And yeah, we got back. And we walked down into the ridge, and yeah, I glassed up a hind and a snack pack almost straight away early in the arvo. And yeah, I said to my brother, like, we're gonna have to keep an eye on them because normally, if a hind has a yearling nearby, there shouldn't be a stag too far away. Oh. So yeah, so we just put in a heap of time on that face and weren't seeing anything. I'd started glassing another face. And, yeah, I hadn't seen anything. And then, yeah, my brother ended up picking up him in the binos and was like, yeah, there's a pretty good stag over here, man. And, yeah, came over and got him on the camera. And I was like, yep, that's sort of something I want to shoot. So, yeah, laid down the hammer and ended up being a big night. And then, yeah, drove him down to the the taxidermist. Oh, mate. And um, we can't really see it very well at the moment. I'll try and. Um, he's behind you somewhere, but we, we can't really see behind you too well. Yeah, there, there he is. is. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, we've got a few more to talk about. Oh, I just love looking at your pictures. Um, so and so, mate, do you what? What kind of dishes are you cooking when you when you cook um, samba? Um, anyone that follows me on Instagram will know I'm a I'm a sucker for tacos. I did like, notice. That. I saw one today. <laughs> Nearly every night's taco night. It's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I mainly mince, like I'd say I mince probably like 80% of whatever I'm going to eat for for the samba, even fallow deer now. I'm, yeah, I, I used to do a lot of steaks and backstraps. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I've just, just been a sucker for mince over the last probably year. Is there is there a reason for that? It just... It's just and quick and easy, and like you can't really stuff it up. Um, and like I don't age it when I'm mincing it. I'll I'll shoot it and run it straight through the mincer with steaks. You got to age them. Like I normally like two weeks minimum in the fridge. It's just yeah. yeah. And then if you forget about it, then it ends up being a month, and then you got to cut the bits of mold and shit off it. Still good, but it's just yeah, it's a lot more stuffing around, and I'm a very times precious person, so I like doing everything like quickly and efficiently. And yeah, tacos take you know ten minutes to cook up, so it's just <laughs> cook it up, cook it up, get it down. And, yeah, <laughs> I noticed that today. I was like, oh, he's actually a bit of a cook, and I, I had no no cooking questions. I was like, oh, I actually. Then I started noticing the tacos. There's quite a few. Um, Tacos popping out. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so, yeah. you, what what tastes better, fallow or uh, samba? Uh, in mints, I wouldn't even know the difference. <laughs> Literally, wouldn't even notice the difference between the two. On steaks, I'd probably say fallow. I I sort of gravitate a bit more towards, but there's not as much meat there. So, do you, do you keep yeah. the skins at all, mate? Do you, like when you when you bone them out and stuff? Do you? Do you keep the skin or anything like that? Yeah, I've got a few fellow skins here, but yeah, I've, I haven't got any samba skins, tanned or anything like that. Yeah, no. I thought I've always wanted a, a nice fellow skin. Um, it's, it'd, be, it'd be nice to there because they, they have really nice fur. Like I, I'm not a, a deer person. I, I'm I'm fascinated by them. I want to shoot all of them. Um, yeah. I, I just at the moment I. I for where I am in Queensland, it's red deer. Um, I've shot some red deer with Dad, but I, I haven't. Um, I've got a block there now, and deer go through it, but it's not a, a regular place. So I'm, I'm looking at state forest um, and getting up there as much as I can. 
hopefully pull more towards next year, getting in state forest yeah. a bit more. Um, it's a six-hour-plus drive for me, but that's any issue. So um, I am looking for blocks closer to home in the red deer. But I, I do want to – I want to shoot a fellow and I'd love to, to, to skin it and keep the rug and, and do the whole salting and, and do all that because – one will be educational, uh, and I just I, I I've seen their their, their coats are beautiful. So um, yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I've got quite a few on in the other room on the couch and that. Yeah, yeah, they are cool, and they're definitely a talking piece when people come over. Yeah, is Sam is Samba like the red? Like the red stags up where in Queensland, they the hair falls out; it doesn't stay in very well. Is that the same as Samba? They look like they got similar kind of hair. Yeah, it's very brittle. Like I've seen a couple of good Samba skins that have been tanned, but it's just their hair's just not soft or anything. It's real coarse and it's just not something that I've ever really worried about or wanted done sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you just do a head for a Samba, wouldn't you? And that, that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I do, yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, there's another one here. Let's see if I can find him. Uh Tell us the story if I can find him. It's going to come up in two seconds. Tell us the, t- talk to about. Um, so a lot of my my hunters um, that listen to us are pig hunters. So yep. the people who are watching, tell us the, about what's going on with the antlers there. What's what's the situation there? Um, so every year, deer lose their antlers, yep. and then they're growing growing back in velvet. So this stag here was sort of in the later stages of velvet. So he's just starting to harden up and probably within the next two weeks, he would have been starting to rub all that velvet off. And that's okay. where they start staining their antlers and they'll get that nice rich colour into their antlers. Yeah, okay. Obviously, uh, Rem looks pretty happy there. Another successful hunt. Yeah, no, that, that was a good fun. That was another hunt with the brother. Yeah. Uh, that stag we'd seen walking through the paddock when we drove in and yeah, he held up in a bit of bush and I just kept walking up the hill to change angle to get a shot on him and, yeah, made it happen. Good fun. Made it happen. Another successful hunt. I've got a question here for you. Um, TG, what style of hunting do you prefer the most? Bush stalking, long range or the bow? Hard one, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to throw the bow out of it because... I have a love, I love have a love hate with the bow. Um, yeah, I, I long range I love, especially like when you're able to watch something undisturbed, and it's you know you can just make the most precise shot and just. And in most cases, they they won't run very far because they've got no adrenaline through them or anything like that. You can only make a real humane shot. But the only thing I don't like so much about long range is when I've got Remy with me. She's not as involved, whereas bush stalking, she is more involved. But then with bush stalking, you normally got the deer more alert on you. So that's why I try and just mix it up all the time. Like some days I feel like going for a bush stalk and anyone that's watched my last few videos has seen I've been doing a fair bit of the 4570 and that's basically just to take place of the bow. Um, the last time I took the bow out, I missed a stag twice and that sort of annoyed me so i just started taking the 45 70 out and yeah got a couple of stags with that 
Um, I, I think I watched that one with um, Rem was leading the way, and uh, it just looks so cool. Um, yeah, I, you must have had a GoPro. I don't know how you're feeling. Yeah, GoPro one, yeah. It's just so cool because you had Rem, you know, like she wasn't – it was just – for me, I you know, for pig hunting, when the dogs take off, it's it gets exciting. But for deer, it's a whole different game. You know, you, they're keeping eye contact and, um, you know, watching you sneak through the bush and just seeing him just, you know, like obviously GoPro, you can't tell the distance, but he was just a, just over the mound and, you know, you – you smacked, smoked him, and oh, it, was just, it just looked so good. Um, yeah, yeah it was, was, for me, it was awesome <laughs> to watch. Thank so, you, man. Oh, I, I just, yeah, I, I love a dog like Rem and uh, do a bit of deer hunting, and I just love to learn and more watch it because it's just so cool to watch. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll keep fantasizing one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Well, I think we might wrap it up. I've, I've asked most of my questions, and um, yeah, I'm in love with all your stuff. I'd love to get you back on. Um, I'd love to, you know, talk a bit more about your hunting and and um, show everyone a bit more of what you do. Um, look at the size of that thing. The beast. Yeah, that, that, that was that one we were just talking about. <laughs> oh, really? I think I was trying to find him before. There you go. Yeah, that, that's, that's unreal. That's just um, a beautiful animal. Look at the size of it. And I love I love the the forty five seventy. What a awesome! Well done, mate. That's awesome. So thank you very much. Anyway, mate. Well, um, we've we've done forty five minutes. So I think we should wrap it there. And um, like I said, love to get you back on. Um, you know, gladly. It's just it's it's just fun. I love I love talking to to deer hunters, and um, you know, especially for me in Queensland, being a whole different, you know, thousands of kilometers away, and you know red deer up here and i mainly chase pigs so um yeah for me it's just awesome to watch and and to learn from from someone like yourself um next time we'll talk a bit more a bit more about youtube and your cameras and stuff and uh we'll get a bit yep. more into it but um i really appreciate you coming on and um yeah hopefully we can um do this again so thank you Sounds for coming on me, mate. Man. just let me know when <laughs> no i will do awesome um, and we'll finish with an ad, guys. Uh, I'll do it again for the people who didn't see it. And, um, yeah. To outfitters, to hunting athletes, and professional hunters. And you want the right camo? Check out Safari Supply Co. The most comfortable gear on the market.